It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're all going to have a good day and a good time listening. If you want, you can give me a call. All you're going to do, as usual, is just dial 877-207-2276, and if you do that, we can blab. Not a problem. Easy to do, and I hope that uh, you want to do that. Give me a call. And also, if you're interested in uh, just emailing me, you don't want to call, you can do that by just dialing in or emailing us at um, info at info at karm.org. C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. Info at karm.org. All right. Busy, busy, busy. Busy day today. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Now, a couple of things. If you've been going to the CARM website by any chance and you've noticed some broken links, we are working on fixing those. Now, I'll tell you what happened. When we converted from HTML, CSS to a uh, CMS, uh, those who know that, you'll know what that means, we had to do everything manually. It took us, I don't know, three, four months to uh, input everything into the site bef- and check it before we released it. And what we did, we had a... A, a, a plug-in that forwarded stuff into the right areas and stuff. And, okay, that plug-in became compromised uh, in that it became a security risk. No one used it or anything. It just it was outdated. And so our webmaster turned it off, and it caused all kinds of links to break. So what we've been doing is going through them and fixing them. We should be done tonight or tomorrow with all of them so just bear witness bear witness bear with us and um, if you've noticed that uh, we're on it and actually Laura's been doing a lot more than I have I've been working in all kinds of stuff and just doing you know just just to run around the chicken like my uh, like my head cut off like a chicken with his head cut off and that reminds me uh, so uh, I'll be down in Provo on Sunday uh, the 1st of October preaching at uh, City on the Hill Church, and if you're interested in checking it out, you know, you want to meet me. I mean, I'd love to meet you. You know, if you want to do that, I can go down there, and the service is at 11. And the information that you need, all you got to do is go to karm.org forward slash calendar. That's it. And it says Matt's like preaching at City on the Hill, and the information's there. And the sermon titled "The Christian's War Against the Forces of Darkness," and uh, it's out of Ephesians. It's a very common uh, section of scripture. What I'll be doing is talking about the occult, uh, and my occult days. I'll be using uh, some of the my experiences as uh, as sermon illustrations, as you go through and exegete the text, and uh, I'll be talking about things I've seen and things I've done uh, in the occult before I became a Christian. And so there's a bit of history in our family of it. So I'll be using those stories. And the, I talked to the pastor last night. He goes, I want you to do the stories. I want you to do this. And I'll go, okay, fine. I will. And, you know, since Halloween's coming up, I'll be talking about Halloween a little bit. So the Christian's War Against the Forces of Darkness at City on a Hill. Dot, I mean, City on Hill UT dot org. But all the information's there. It's just uh, 105 East, 100 North uh, Provo. So uh, there you go. Okay, not a big deal. But, uh, hey, I'd love, to, I'd love to meet people who hear me on the radio and... Uh, 
and do that. So I went to Canada a few years ago and uh, did uh, an event up there. And there was several of us who did. Uh, Jeff Durbin was there. I was there. Some other people were there. And um, it was great because uh, a lot of people in Canada use the CARM website and hear me on uh, doing radio, you know, podcasts. And it was just a delight to meet people who say, oh, I listen to you. And also, um, I was out in uh, New Jersey, and the same thing happened. It's just fun, you know. And uh, they go, oh, I'm listening to you, too, and, and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's really nice. So uh, love to meet you if you want to do that. Um, we can have eats afterwards, a little bit of fellowship. They do that on the first uh, Friday, or first Friday, first uh, Sunday. And also it's a communion service. So I don't know if they want me to give communion or if the pastor is going to give it. No big deal. But uh, we're going to have communion that day, and I'll be doing the preaching. So hopefully it'll be interesting. If you want more information on that, just go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash calendar. And uh, the information is right there. All right. If you are so inclined, you can send me questions. You can do that. All you have to do is email me at info at carm.org. Put in there, if you would, be so kind. Uh, in the title, just put a radio question or a radio comment or something on, like that. And, uh, and that's it, okay? Easy to do. Oh, and that reminds me of something else. I got a lot going on, okay? I got a lot going on. Um, so what I'm doing for the schools, I'll talk about this as well, the uh, three online schools, um, I just had an idea today for another one. But I want to write an, a, a, thir- a fourth one on uh, biblical interpretation. It won't be that long because I know how to teach, it, take, teach things very succinctly. So I'm thinking about doing that. But I also thought about doing one on Reformed theology. Uh, that would be interesting, just Reformed theology, a school on Reformed theology. I, I, that might be interesting. But at any rate, um, so... Uh, what I'm doing now is uh, I, I spent some time today going through the School of Theology and I copied all of the articles to a single Word document. And the Word, how big is that thing? Let's see. How big is that page? Pages. 233 pages. And what I'm going to do is go through and make a table of contents and, and a table, an index on it as well. That takes uh, about a day to do both of those uh, combined. I'll format everything and then publish it as a PDF. And then um, when people sign up for the schools, they can have access to it as well as that. And here's another question, okay? Here's another question about all of that. Um, the, the schools are written, and then you have a self-quiz you can take. You don't have to take it. You can skip them. You can go to take the quiz, and it'll grade you. And afterwards, if you do all the the, uh, the tests, you know, you can get a certificate. You just print it up yourself and sign it. Now, they want me to sign it, uh, but uh, if you send them here, we can do that. But um, one of the things I'm thinking about doing is uh, going in and doing videos for each one of the lessons. Now, that would take me a year, a year and a half <laughs> to do all of the schools because I think there's, uh, let's see, 90, uh, nine, how many are there? 90 and 93, I think, in theology and something like 80 or something in apologetics, and then 30 or 40, I think 40 in other ones. So uh, 120, about 200, about 200 videos to do. Uh, That would be a lot of work. But it's something I want to do. I want to really provide good information for people. So, hey, 
Here I am rambling and talking about all this kind of stuff. If that sounds intriguing a little bit, uh, you want to do that, all you got to do is uh, you know, email me. Let me know. What do you, let me know what you think. I'm curious. And we don't have anybody waiting right now. No callers waiting. I want you to give me a call. 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Please give me a call. And uh, let's see. I have to get into stream. I'm not StreamYard, but um, uh, Rumble. And so I'm getting in there right now. Rumble is another place that we have uh, the, the show. It's, it's cast to there. And you can join us. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Live. That's the name of the radio show. And you can check it out and participate with the chatters. We have 44 watching. I don't know how many people are in there um, and they chat. We have a lot of people who do that, and it's become a good fellowship. Also, we are casting to um, uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Isn't that right, Charlie? Everybody, all of them? That's right. And uh, it hits you like I sl- I don't know what you did. You just did a type it in. So I'll know what you're saying because it was a, like a whip or something. City on the Hill. Dot, I mean, ut.org. That's right. She's mind reader. Good stuff. And uh, okay. What catching up? Man. All right. So what I'm going to do is get to some of the questions uh, that we've got. Radio questions. Let's see. What can you share about N.T. Wright and his teachings? Not too much. I haven't studied him. Uh, I have some concerns about him, though. Uh, some of the stuff that I've heard people say, now this is gossip stuff, I don't want to get into too much, but I am absolutely buried with so much to do that uh, I really don't have time to study him. However, if someone were to say, here's a book, and on this page, this is what he says, and they, they can draw me to that, I can purchase the book online, and then go to that page, and I can um, take a look at the context and see. And we do need that kind of thing. We do need help in that. We uh, we still do, you know, I'm very busy, but we do uh, research and writing. And I often like to just take a whole day and just write articles and or do videos. I'll be doing that uh, this week, too. Uh, now that I'm getting my schedule uh, organized, I'm very busy, but I've got a lot to do. But anyway, that's the kind of thing we do, do need. So about N.T. Wright, I wish I could, I could uh, tell you more. Uh, but having challenges communicating those concerns, he says, with a couple of friends who embrace his teachings almost to the exclusion of Scripture. Um, yeah, I do need to uh, do an analysis of here. I think if uh, you were to go onto the web and just uh, type in something like problems with N.T. Wright, that might be helpful. Because a lot of people have done exposés on him, and I'd recommend that. Let's try this one. In uh, Galatians 6.16, Paul speaks of the Israel of God. Is Paul speaking of the church there? Let me go there. Galatians Galatians 6.16. And those who walk by this rule, peace and mercy upon them and upon the Israel of God. Hmm. The Israel of God. Um, Let me read the context. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Verse 14. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, excuse me, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. 
and those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy upon them and upon the Israel of God. It seems to me, from the context, it's talking about spiritual Israel and not literal, physical, uh, national Israel. So that's what it seems to be from the context. And um, uh, let's see, because national Israel is going to be redeemed, all right? And it does say in Galatians 3, 7 that uh, those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And in Galatians 3.29, it says, And if you belong to Christ, and you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. And uh, let's see what Philippians 3.3 says, For we are the true circumcision to worship in the spirit of glory and truth. Um, Yeah, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be talking about spiritual Israel. That's what it seems to be, because the next verse says, From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. That's where he was whipped and beaten and stuff like that. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with uh, your spirit, brethren. Amen. That's the last uh, verse of Ephesians. So I think that uh, what uh, is going on in uh, in Ephesians uh, 6.16 right there is that. I think it's spiritual Israel. That's what I think is going on. All right. Hope that helps. Okay. Okay, we got a caller. Oh, we had a caller coming in. And if you want to call me, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. There's the music. If you want to give me a call, please do. We've got about three minutes before we get back on the air, and we'll talk to you in a few. God bless. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, please do, 877-207-2276. And uh, if you have questions or comments in, uh, let's see, StreamYard, you can try that. Maybe uh, Laura can put them into the private chat. And I can answer those as well. We've got some questions that people have been emailing. We've got a caller coming in. We've got three open lines if you want to call me. And uh, i got some questions we can deal with. There's a lot of, oh, man, look at that. Um, wow. A lot of people I haven't talked to in a long time are certainly uh, suddenly starting to email me. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Let me uh, get to a question here. If God knew that mankind would sin and go to hell, why did he create mankind? Well, there are several reasons that we could offer for that. Is that uh, God works inside of space and time, and it's the place He entered or the realm He entered in order to offer the greatest uh, act of love, according to Jesus in John fifteen thirteen. The greatest act of love is to lay your life down for your friends, and so uh, God did that uh, by becoming one of us in Jesus, and so it's one of the manifestations of of love. Another thing is Isaiah 43, 7 says that God created us for his glory. So his glory is manifested in the righteous judgment of the wicked as well as the gracious mercy upon uh, the saved. And so he gets glory either way you want to look at it. And that's uh, another possibility. 
And another thing is that uh, we as Christians can receive um, uh, rewards. That's not why we're doing all this stuff, but God in his great mercy uh, gives us responsibility because we're made in his image. And so therefore, because we're made in his image, then um, we can do things uh, like be responsible, have free will, and things like that. And so along with our actions, with the gifts that he's given us, there's a reward or loss of reward in eternity. And so there's another one. He, the person goes on, uh, did he create mankind to come down to earth for dying? No, he created mankind on earth. Uh, there was no pre-existence. And he didn't create us for dying, he created us for fellowship with him, and then sin entered the world. And uh, then we died. And in such massive creation, how can God come become man when we are a tiny part of his creation? Because he's God, he can do it. And uh, he just did, that's what the Bible teaches. So, uh, there you go, there you go, there you go. Let's get on the air with J.L. from Dallas, Texas. J.L., welcome. You're on the air. Ah, thank you very much. Sure. What do you got, man? So, um, uh, this is a little bit wordy, so I'm going to try and make it as clear as I can. It should take me about, like, 60 seconds or so to kind of break this down. But I had a question regarding um, the apparent epistemological double standard in the Christian worldview. So hoping you could shed some, some insight or how you reconcile that. So I'll try and get through this quick. So um, as an internal critique in the Christian worldview, God exists and created everything. So this entails that God created humans and their ability to reason exactly as they do. Now, this also entails that all of the tools that humans utilize to determine the truth or falsity of propositions in the universe, such as scientific methodology, recognizing logical fallacies, eliminating biases, uh, correspondence and coherence approaches, etc. These were all also deliberately created. So if this entity intentionally created a universe with built-in tools for successfully demarcating truth from falsity and created the agents within it to be able to utilize those tools, then why, when it comes to the ultimate proposition, a God exists, do none of those tools mentioned work? In fact, not only must you kind of eschew those tools, but you must also embrace the things that we know don't work, like logical fallacies, such as appeals to emotion and arguments from incredulity and begging the question, and personal biases, and even faith to claim the God exists proposition is true. So this uh, appears to present an obvious epistemological double standard that's deliberately built into the universe. So while a deliberate double standard would be deliberate hypocrisy, it's made worse by the existence of this all-powerful creating entity because it implies a degree of obfuscation or deception is somehow at play. And the issue of this is exacerbated by the fact that the creating entity would have known infallibly that the agents it created would be able to recognize the double standard and that it would logically weaken the God exists proposition. So I'm kind of curious as to how you reconcile that apparent double standard. Well, first of all, you need to email that to me. And then if you have to give me, did you write it by any chance? Um, I, I've been working with this for a while, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't stumble over my words. So I did write it down so I could read it and I didn't like, you know, stumble over myself. Okay, so what I, I want you to do is to uh, email it to me so you're the author of it and that you give me permission to reproduce it on the website and tackle it, okay? Because you went through it at 50 miles an hour and I was typing as fast as I can. I couldn't get everything because I want to take your notes and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and each proposition that you would make and, and conclusions that you'd make... Um, I can ex examine them and tackle them. And let me just, and you're an atheist, I assume, right? Yes, sir. Is that right? Okay. And so uh, 
I'm, I'm glad that you want to use logic, but though you can't account for logic or provide it any foundation for its universality, the universal nature of these preconditions. And epistemologically, you have to beg the question yourself to do certain things. Now, if you are going to assume that there's a double standard inside of Christianity, you have to establish a double standard, and you haven't. Uh, you went so fast that it was difficult to follow everything you said. But uh, tools recognize truth, science, logic, you said were created. No, they weren't. Uh, the logic was not created by God. So it's a, an error that you made. Uh, and it's a, a minor one. But no, God did not create logic. He revealed it. It's a reflection of his mind, along with universals and things like this, which are the undergirding principles by which you can then have rationality. Are, are you aware of that? Um, sort of. I, I, it's, a, it's an odd implication that to indicate that that logic is somehow revealed as though logic exists, like the concept of logic exists outside of God, because... Nope. Nope. Doesn't. So is, does God dictate what logic is? Nope. Or is God, nope. does God conform to logic? Nope, neither. You don't understand the Christian worldview, okay? And I'm not knocking you. Uh, I'm just saying you don't understand the, the, uh, the, the Christian worldview. We would say that logic is a revelation of the mind of God. That the reason logic exists and has its ubiquity is because God exists and, and is ubiquitous. And so logic is not something invented. It's not something God submits to. It's not some ethereal presence out there. It's a reflection of the mind of God. Okay? So what is it that dictates what God's mind is? Himself, his own nature. He is what he is. It's the first law of logic, the law of identity. You're aware of that, right? Yes, I'm, so I'm no, but I'm, I'm working this from an internal critique standpoint. It's like assuming that the God exists and that nothing, you know, determines what the God does or why it does a particular thing or why its nature is sure a particular thing. So therefore, no, the no, God no. subjectively no, no, no. determines what its own nature is at any given point. No. no, 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 he doesn't determine his own nature. That's a non sequitur. And something that's alive and sentient can determine its own nature because its nature already exists in order for it to have a decision of making ability. So it can't alter its own decision or its own nature. Because it is what it is. But that, doesn't that imply that something demar something uh, determines what God's nature must necessarily be? No, you don't understand. You're not understanding it. Properties exist or emanate due to the ontos. His nature, his ontological essence, his ontos simply is what it is. And so isn't logic is revealed. It's tautological. It's tautological. Well, everything's tautological. Everything is. You beg the question all the time. I do too. The issue is, does your worldview account for circularity and the justification of the premises that you use by which you could even make those assertions? Okay. You see, you've got to be careful not to swap uh, between an internal and external critique accidentally. Okay. If you, well, no, I was, it was maintaining the internal critique because I'm taking the God wait, as what it is defined on. to be. So that's why I was exploring that. Well, good, good. Well, hold on, we got a break, okay? Because you need to learn Christian theology if you're going to do this. And, and I'm going to tell with respect, I'm just saying you don't know it very well. And, you know, there's always room for improvement. Hold on, buddy. We'll be right back, okay? After these messages, folks, please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with JL, but someone on the other side of the thing has to click it so I can access him. You gotta help it go back on, I think. Yep, you do. The producer, I'm telling you, because uh, different producer today. You gotta read it. There you go. All right, now I can. Oh, he's on the air. Good. Okay. Hey, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, 
Unfortunately, my, my wife's kind of waving at me, so I, I do have to go here shortly. I can definitely send you uh, what I wrote, and sure. I can maybe you know parse it out a little bit more so you could like you know address it directly. Because um, you know I think we're we're kind of descending into like whataboutism, and instead of like <laughs> directly addressing it, so I'll go ahead and send, well, I can send it your way and uh, see what sure. you say about that. Okay, address it. Just put it to you know info at karm dot org and just say give permission for Matt Slick to reproduce this, respond to it, and then okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Great. Thank I can you. Copy the whole thing, and just you know get it right there, and, and then I'll uh, and if you want, I could teach you biblical theology sometime. What our position actually is: most atheists, in fact, no atheist I know I've ever encountered really understands it because they don't study it very much. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks, bud. All right, man. Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Now, for those of you who had no clue what we were talking about, uh, you know, sorry about that, but that's just some of the level uh, issues that I need to get to in order to be able to talk to people about stuff like that. And um, that's what it is. So, hey, you know, hope you enjoyed that. And I hope he does email me that that uh, that information because I've asked the atheists over the years, please email me that, whatever it is that they'll call me up about or whatever. And I say, can I just have your permission to reproduce it and and uh, deal with it and answer it, respond to it. They go, yeah. And I have a whole section of these on CARM. And so if he does that, I'll write out a response to it and um, publish it. That's what I'll do. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to uh, CG. I don't know where you're from, from. Where you're from, coming from, but welcome. You're on the air. Well, hello, man. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Good. I had a question. Uh, you don't believe whataboutism is essential to salvation, right? That's correct. We should be baptized. We ought to be, but it's not the thing that is necessary in order for us to be justified before God. So what, what would be the sufficient evidence to change your position? Of finding something in the Bible that says it's necessary for justification. So not eight souls were saved by water, just like that baptism saves you, First Peter three twenty twenty one. Is that not mm -hmm. clear enough? Uh, it is very clear when you read it in context. Okay, so let me read the context. And uh, I noticed that everybody who, who references that verse, 1 Peter 3, 21, that baptism now saves you, never quotes the full verse before or after. They only quote one part. And a, a part of the verse quoted okay. doesn't mean that they understand it. So let's go verse before, and uh, then I'll read it. Great. Okay. It says, uh, Who once were disobedient when the, when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt in the flesh, but an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the word corresponding to that in Greek is antitupon. It's an antitype, a representation. So we, the question is, what is the antecedent of it? What is it referring back to water. in the text? It, I'm sorry, what? Did you, what? What's it referring well, to? Well, according to the text, it, it's water. 
Okay. Well, what, what, let me ask you, um, what saved Noah? Was it the water or was it the ark? Well, both. No. Uh, the ark was Hebrew there. Says, the ark the ark was sorry. there to save them from the water. The water killed people. But he, 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 no, 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 Mr. Flake. Peter says <laughs> the, the eight persons were brought safely through the water. Peter yeah. connects water to salvation. They were brought safely through the fire, through the term, the uh, plague. They're brought safely through the thing that was causing harm and causing damage. They're brought safely through it. By what? The ark. You see, they entered the ark. God closed the door. And then God opens the door. They went through the one door. Jesus says, I'm the door. Okay? God closed it. He says, what he closes, no one can open. What he opens, no one can close. They were saved by the ark, not the water. The water didn't save them. It That's did not, not help what them. Peter said. Okay. The ark is what it's responding to. Sorry. That's all right. See, see you're focused on what, what, uh, what condemned the people. The text says what saved Noah. Noah and the ark were saved by water. Why? Because uh, the water washed away the wickedness uh, in the world. Verse 18. Oh. He, so he's the... already talked about slanderers and revilers that shame the name of Christ. That's right. So in it... the context... Yeah, it killed the unbelievers, right? In the context. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It killed the unbelievers. That's correct. Mm -hmm. In fact, Second Peter 3, 6 says, though, though, uh, which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. So Peter looks at the water as a means of destruction of the ungodly people. But Noah, right. he had to be saved through it, through the judgment of God upon the wicked. And the yes. thing that saved them the was the of, ark. The ark saved them. Through the means of Mr. Slick, that's not what the tag says. Yes, it is. Safely through water. Now, now, now if you... Okay, you're not listening. Now, if you want me to finish... Hold on a second. I was making my case in the context. You're not. There is no context that justifies that. See, look. It says, no, "Look, no. go to verse 18." All right. For Christ also died for sins yes. once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, right. having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he also made him, went and made proclamation yes. of the spirits now imprisoned, who were disobedience, when the patience of God kept waiting the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a, a, a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. They were brought safely through yes. the destruction. What what brought them yeah, through the destruction? Okay, CJ, what brought them through the destruction of the water? What saved them in it, from it? 
Oh, no, 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 no. You, you just yes, changed yes. the text message. I'm not changing Mr. the text. Slick. You are. You are doing it. What Mr. saved Slick. Noah? Why was the ark built? Because that was the means for them to not be destroyed by the water. They were brought safely through the water, not by the water, through, through it. the means of water. It's not through what it the says. Means of water. Okay. It's I'm just, look, okay, hold on a second. Okay, so you're teaching us Sorry. that baptism in water is necessary for salvation? Is that what you're saying? Is that it? No, that, that's what I'm quoting Peter. No, Peter no, Peter does not say that. In this text. No, he, no, you yeah, think he yes, says he it. Does, no, he doesn't. CJ, no, he doesn't. I'm telling you right there yes, what it is. You refuse to believe it because you're in a cult. Okay. You believe in a cult. You're a cult, cultist. You are adding a, a ceremony to salvation. No, I believe the text. No, you don't believe the text. What was it that saved it, Noah? They went into the ark. See, this isn't a, CJ, this what saved isn't them? The, CJ, the, what saved them? The dichotomy of the text is CJ, focused on the unrighteous. If, if you want to say, if you want to say the water saved them, then what did the ark do? If the water saved them, it what did the ark do? Saved them, the ark saved them? It also saved them. Mr. Oh, so the ark saved them, but the water did not because the water, Second Peter 3, no. 6, was a means of destruction. Yes, it did. You know what Literally cleanses us of our sins? CJ, water. CJ, water doesn't cleanse us of our sins. The blood of Christ does. You're, you've got your theology all When did you up. get the blood of Christ? Hold on, hold on. When you're... You don't understand your theology. Sorry. Hold on, man. We gotta we gotta come back after the break. Okay, hold on. We we'll right back after these messages. The reason he's speaking like that, folks, is I think he, he's the guy who had a uh, a, a stroke or something or cerebral uh, palsy or something. Anyway, no big deal. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. All right, now we got to get CJ back on. I know that uh, with the new system we have, I can't just always get him back on. So uh, you, the the uh, producer's got to activate him again because I put him on hold. You got to activate him so I can get him on. Or you got to do that. He's probably panicking right now. So I'm stalling, waiting for him to click so I can get him back on the air. And I'm waiting. You got to get CJ on. Or we have to go to Scott. Okay, good. Okay, CJ, are you there? Yeah, hey, Matt. Uh, okay, look. Look. <laughs> is it the blood that washes our way our sin, or is it water? Is it the blood of Christ, or is it water? Which is it? It is the blood of Jesus okay. Christ when we okay. go down into the water, when we're united in death with Christ, Romans 16, 4, and raised to walk in newness of life. It is the blood through the I just water. asked. I just asked if it's the blood or the water. Okay, it's the blood. So why it do you say that it's the water? the water? Why are you saying it's the water now that does it? 
Why are you doing that? It is the blood through the water. Oh. I don't know how many Got a question. times they have to say that. Well, you can say it a thousand times, and you're still going to be wrong. Okay, you have cult theology. Mm. I'm just telling you, you have cult theology. Let me ask you no, a question. Does the uh, Bible say, does the Bible, theology. hold on, does the Bible say we're justified by faith? Sorry. Romans 5.1, doesn't it say we're justified by Amen. faith? Amen, right? yes. Okay, does it say we're justified Amen. by faith? Okay, good. So it's faith that justifies us, right? Right? Yep, Is, that's okay. right. So then, are we justified by faith when we have faith? Okay. Amen. Yes, when we have okay. faith, as God defines faith, God, God gets to define faith. You don't, Mister Slick. Well, he by does. He way, says faith is the evidence of uh, things hoped for, the, ev- the conviction of things not found or not seen. Hebrews eleven one. Uh, I just want so, to. He, he, I uh, just wanted to. I just wanted to say before we continue, uh, I'm not high on drugs. Or I don't have a stroke. Oh, okay. I have cerebral palsy. It, okay. All it right. does not affect my mind, so right, I'm not. I'm not just high when I'm uh, okay. on here. That's fine. No big deal. It's all, it's all good. So uh, I know it doesn't affect your mind, but uh, your heart is definitely uh, wrong before God. You are adding a ceremony well, to salvation. Bible. Look, look. I am no, asking no. you: Are you are we you justified by? Excuse, CJ. Come on, man. Look, you're adding human work to be saved. You, you don't believe. You don't believe in salvation by grace through faith in Christ. You believe in salvation by faith and your baptism. You you add See, something. Putting the words in my mouth. That's what you're saying. Now let me ask you: If someone dies no. without getting baptized, they receive Christ. They trust in Christ. They've trusted in Him to forgive them of their sins. Walks across the street to get baptized is killed in a car accident by a car. Does he go to heaven or hell? Because he wasn't baptized in water, which is it? Nobody will. If you allow me to explain for two minutes, it takes me a while. Nobody will go to hell. Sorry. Go ahead. Nobody will go to hell because they weren't baptized. Ever. People will go to hell. Let me finish, please. But you're you're contradicting yourself. No. People will go to hell because they have sins. Baptism is just God's merciful offer to to get rid of those sins. No, it's not. So the... No, it's not. You're a According heretic. To... You're a false teacher. Okay, well, I have to tell you, is right? baptism is not the thing that cleanses us of our sins. It's the blood of Christ. That's and we are justified Jesus. by faith. Jesus does not teach what you're saying. Mr. Peter doesn't teach what you're saying. What church do you go to? Yes, what church he do you go does. To? No, he does not. 
He does not. The church that belongs to Christ. Which church do you go to? The church that belongs to Christ. Church of Christ. Oh, the Church of Christ. It's a cult. Yeah. The Church of Christ is just a cult. So, no. Look, the Church of Christ is not a cult. It, yes, it is. It is the Church of Christ. It's, the, it's a cult. The Church of Christ is a cult because it teaches that you have to be baptized in water by immersion, generally in their church, in order to have your sins forgiven. Because That's what it teaches. Bible teaches it. That's not what the Bible teaches. And, okay... Yes, and they teach, no it's not, and they teach that you you uh, can lose your salvation, so you have to keep it by your goodness. So I'm going to offer this again. I'm going to tell you again what I've done over the years of the radio. Okay. If a Church of Christ person, a very qualified Church of Christ person, wants to debate me on this issue, does the Bible teach that water baptism by immersion is necessary for salvation? Then I will be glad to debate you if you're a competent representative of that position and if it's in your church and it needs to, I can I can go out to your church we can arrange how that works and it needs to be um, filmed and we both have the rights to do what you want with them under those conditions I'd be glad right. to to, uh, to debate this they're not taking me up on it just yeah. like they don't take me up on the issue of women pastors and elders out of the scriptures so no why is it the church of Christ uh, people aren't going to take uh, me up on it because I'll debate them, uh, uh, and I will denounce uh, the false gospel that you're teaching. A false gospel. The gospel of works. I will take you up on that. Uh, you, look, you get somebody who can understand the issues and can debate clearly and quickly, okay? Because we have to get through these things. And I know you've got a disability. I get that. But I want a, a, a church official the Church of Christ denomination. I will be glad to debate them and call them out on the carpet for, for the teachers of the false Why gospel that me? they really are. No, I want to dip, uh, an official... Why and, 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 me? Because you don't know the issues well enough and you don't know how to examine Scripture well enough. Mr. Slick, if, if you would let me talk long enough, you may understand that I understand the issues very well, but you don't let people talk well enough. Now, I do I've let offered them. to debate you. No, I don't uh, want to debate you because you I want to debate. To I want to debate. This? I want to debate a representative of the Church of Christ. Uh, I okay? am a representative. A, I want to debate a pastor. Okay, we're going to go on. We're moving. We're moving along. Okay. I keep trying to talk. So if you could just hang up on him, I'm going to go to the next caller. All right. So uh, I can't hang up on uh, CJ. Oh, there it goes, I think. All right, drop. Good. So look, um, if anybody out there wants, uh, you know, the Church of Christ, your false teaching and your, your false gospel, if you're a pastor of a Church of Christ and or somehow affiliated with the denominational requirements and official level, I'll debate you. Okay, we'll arrange it. I have a policy not to just debate Bob and Frank. Uh, I can do impromptu debates uh, online, which I, I do that with people all the time. But I need to be able to debate someone who uh, can argue the issues. And uh, you know, I'm not trying to be mean because his disability causes him to speak slowly. I get that. But it would double or triple the length of a debate. And uh, we need to be able to get to this quickly 
and succinctly and deal with the issues. And so, um, I'm, and I've, I've said this before, an official representative of the Church of Christ and or a pastor of the Church of Christ who has been willing to debate me on this issue. And I will call, I call it a false gospel. I know about the verses that they're going to use in the scriptures. I know them. I could take their position and teach it from their perspective. I could. And then I could set, turn right around and refute it. I know their perspective. So that's what I'm asking for. If anybody out there wants to do it, and, and by the way, also, same challenge goes out to any pastor out there who wants to uh, accept the challenge on does the Bible support women pastors and, and elders? Okay. So, but don't get any, any uh, takers on that either. Why? Because those are heretical positions, false teaching positions, and they need to be refuted. And I'd be glad to do it and politely just call it what it is false teachings. Let's get to Scott from Spokane. Mm -hmm. Scott, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? We've got some more off here. Hey, a little noise um, in the background. Well, a, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I had to shut the mower off. Sorry, I'm, I'm working while I was waiting for my turn. Um, okay. So my question is Genesis 3.14 is the verse. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I was just hoping to, to get some understanding on, like, you know, what is God saying here? Because um, we know, you know, Satan's not an actual snake, of course, but the language used compares the snake to being more cursed than the cows or the beasts of the field. And... I have a couple questions. What is he saying, for one, and for two, doesn't that sort of implicate somehow that the cows themselves are cursed in, in some fashion? Maybe that's the fall. I, I was just hoping for some clarity on that first because it just kind of uh, it seems pretty symbolic, but then when you try to work it out as to what it could be, it has to do with Satan, I can't get very far. Well, it says cursed, said to the serpent. The serpent was a representation of the devil and so that mm -hmm. serpent was cursed and I don't understand all the particulars and so because you've done this curse are you more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field and it's really kind of interesting because if it's the devil manifesting in that form why is the creature itself cursed <laughs> maybe right. just maybe there's a kind of, of uh, incarnation or a manifestation where the you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here just as the fallen angels had relations with women maybe there's something demonic going on between that realm and the physical realm manifested in the serpent maybe there's something that happened mm. in the garden or around there where or outside I don't know where something spiritual combined with something physical resulted in the formation of the spirit of the, of the serpent and it became part of the the, uh, the genome on earth and is cursed I don't know, but th that's one of the possibilities. Okay. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I think that was all I got. Okay. <clears throat> oh my goodness, we're almost out of time. Wow, I had no idea of this late. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And the other okay, caller wanted to talk well, about Romans uh... nine, which I want to talk about. But at any rate. Okay. Sorry about that. All no right. problem at all. I will talk all to right. you soon. Okay, man. We'll Bye -bye. see you. God bless. All right. Hey, folks. Man, I thought we, oh, wow, we had like 30 seconds left in the show. So um, water baptism is important, but water baptism is not necessary for salvation. 
you should get baptized. But water is not washes, not what washes away your sins. The blood of Christ does. We're not justified before God by faith and a ceremony we have to go through. And I know the verses that they use. I've debated this thousands of times. And I just hope that those who believe in that false gospel will put all their trust in what Christ did, not what Christ did, and what their church tells them to do. That's the way of the cult. All right, folks, I'm out of here. May the Lord bless you. I got to go. And uh, by his grace, we're back on here tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. See you. Bye.